Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence, and by Dow Automotive Systems, innovations for clean powertrain solutions. This is AutoLine Daily for February 18, 2011, and now the news. Women keep making progress in the auto industry. Yesterday, Nissan Americas appointed Carla Bilo as the Senior VP of Research and Development, the first American to hold the position. She'll be responsible for all of Nissan's vehicle engineering and development in Michigan, Arizona, Mexico, and Brazil. Bilo is currently based in Japan, has been with Nissan since 1989, and started her career with General Motors. Ford has pretty much had the in-car infotainment segment to itself with Sync, but that's about to change. Chevy just introduced its own infotainment system called MyLink, which is integrated with OnStar. Like Sync, MyLink is a hands-free voice control system that integrates your MP3 player or smartphone with the car via Bluetooth so you can make phone calls or listen to music without taking your hands off the wheel or eyes off the road. It also integrates internet radio services like Pandora and Stitcher Smart Radio. It comes with a 7-inch high-res touchscreen to select different functions. And while listening to music, it will show the artist's name, the song title, and album cover art. Chevy MyLink will first be offered with the 2012 Volt and the Equinox. Honda quietly revealed its brand new Civic and talk about an understated unveiling. It's not even the big story on the front page of its media website. What, are they embarrassed by it? Running down the spec sheet, this 2012 model will offer buyers three different engine choices. The volume power plant is a 1.8 liter four cylinder churning out an underwhelming 140 horsepower. The hybrid version is motivated by a 1.5 liter unit paired with a CVT. Of course, it also features an electric motor and a lithium ion battery pack. The sporty SI model loses its high revving two liter engine in favor of a larger 2.4 liter one. Here, Honda traded RPMs for torque. The horsepower increases by three to 200 horses but the twist jumps up to 177 pound-feet. The company also emphasized fuel economy with this redesign. Coupe and sedan models are expected to deliver 39 miles per gallon on the highway. The HF version, Honda's fuel economy model, is expected to return up to 41 MPGs. Other than these mechanical changes, there's not much to say about the new Civic. Inside and out, it looks very, very similar to today's car. You can look for it at dealerships this spring. We all know BMWs are expensive, but be thankful you don't live in Singapore. Bloomberg reports that the price of a 3 Series over there is about $260,000, five times what it costs in the U.S. And it's not just BMW. Owning a car costs a fortune in Singapore. Buyers also have to pay excise and registration fees equal to roughly 150% of the vehicle's market value. They're doing this because they're concerned about air quality and they're investing heavily in public transportation. So they're trying to push people in that direction. But for auto enthusiasts, this really puts the poor in Singapore. Many of you will recall the revolutionary engine from Eco Motors that we reported on last year. It could help a car get a 50% improvement in fuel economy. 
Well, this coming Tuesday, EcoMotors and Navistar, the giant truck and engine manufacturer, are holding a press conference. No word yet on the specifics, but it sure seems to suggest Navistar will license EcoMotors, and that could be big news. Remember, you heard it here first. China is now the biggest auto market in the world, but at least some in the Chinese media say that just because it's the biggest, that doesn't mean it's the best. And so China AutoWeb came up with what it's calling the Hall of Shame. And here we go. Number one on the list is Cadillac for being the proud sponsor of a propaganda film that celebrates the 90th anniversary of the Communist Party. Number two, Volkswagen for silencing the Chinese media and covering up the fact that three of its top executives were killed in a Tiguan that rolled and burned to the ground. Number three, BYD for turning out copycat designs, for failing to launch its electric car and for a drop in sales in the hottest market in the world. Number four, the Chinese government for denying green car status to the Toyota Prius because it determined that its 1.8 liter engine was just too big. Number five, Geely, the Chinese company that bought Volvo, known the world over for safety, yet Geely actually builds a car that got zero stars in an NCAP crash rating. Number six, the Chinese government, again, for its incompetence in trying to solve an epic traffic jam that stretched for 60 miles and took 20 days to unravel. Number seven, Honda, for enjoying high profit margins in China, largely because it pays its workers $250 a month. And finally, Beijing Auto, because BAIC only sells other automakers' cars and has flooded the city of Beijing with Hyundais. You know, this just goes to show the Chinese media is a little bit more open than some of us think. Coming up next, a big argument between what liberals and conservatives think the auto industry should be doing. Introducing Bridgestone's third generation of run-flat tires with groundbreaking new Bridgestone technologies. Bridgestone run-flat tires offer improved ride comfort, lower rolling resistance, and improved wear while giving you the peace of mind and comfort you need. Recently, AutoLine was in Washington, D.C., where we caught up with three guys who have strong opinions about what the auto industry needs to be doing. Daniel Weiss is a senior fellow at the Liberal Center for American Progress. Ron Kogan, the editor of Green Car Journal and GreenCar.com, a leading outlet for green transportation, but a very sensible fellow. Fred Smith is the president and founder of the Conservative Competitive Enterprise Institute. All three of them are on AutoLine Detroit this weekend, and here's a taste of what the show's all about. The problem with the internal combustion engine is that there is an externality that is not paid for by the user of the car. Uh, there's several, but one is that externality is the oil comes from overseas. Two-thirds of our oil comes from overseas. We have 2% of the world's oil. We are never, ever going to be able to produce even a majority of our own oil, even if we drilled everywhere, even if we drilled in Fred's backyard. But let's go so, back to the so let me just finish. Okay. So developing alternatives, including electric vehicles, including natural gas, including advanced biofuels, are really important in the way that Ron said. But here's an issue, I think, when it comes to using natural gas or electricity. No road taxes. I mean, if we all go to electrics or natural gas right. cars, then they're not paying their fair share to the roads. 
how do we do this? So some sort of tax or licensing fee or something has got to be added to them, which is going to I detract mean, it, from their affordability. Well, Ron, you have to have, sorry, a vehicle, you have to have the vehicles first. That'll come. It's like it's like uh, electrification. If you have all of these advanced batteries, there has to be a recycling infrastructure for that. It will come. It'll scale up. As a matter of fact, with the vehicle. Well, well, John, as you already know, the highway, the, the gasoline tax now doesn't pay. Is not adequate to pay for highways. So this will just exacerbate. You find the out. In fact, oh. in one area, this is illustrative of that fact. Hove lanes were free to hybrid vehicles. Pretty soon, high occupancy high lanes high, with more and than one person. Then they went person. to high occupancy, and now we're actually having hot lanes, high occupancy tow roads. One of the things we're going to see is a much more intelligent pricing of road use, regardless of the vehicle, and it'll be driven up with that. But look, this whole idea that. I would love to see a world in which we first remove the impediments to natural gas. Dan mentioned that the natural Dan, Daniel Dan Dan mentioned that the natural gas is, is, expand, <laughs> is expanding rapidly. Yes, but the, the the use of water is critical to fracking to open up that all. And I have seen nothing from the Center of American Progress or any environmental groups that has been favorably inclined to open up our natural gas development. Nothing about offshore development. Nothing about tar sands from Canada, which is a massive source of very reliable energy. They're now blocking a pipeline coming down from Canada to the American heartland. You can catch that entire show on our website right now. Also, AutoLine is now available to every public television station in the United States. If you'd like to see the program locally, let your public TV station know you'd like to see them carry AutoLine. And don't forget to tune into the live webcast of Roundabout tonight at AutolineDetroit.tv. Tonight you can learn about what famous car chase is being recreated in a 132nd scale. And we're also going to take a look at Turkey's first EV that looks to be, well, he said, not me. Check it out at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, or you can subscribe to the podcast at roundaboutshow.com. And that's today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you Monday.